May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. As I read the Jeremiah reading in preparation for this sermon, I heard in my mind all these phrases that my parents used to say to us and that I promised myself I would never say to my children. You know, that you're going to do it because I said so. Or because I'm the mother, that's why. And so you can imagine my horror the first time I heard myself say, because I'm the mother, that's why you're going to do it. Not using my, my, my skills in making them sound more thoughtful. But in this reading, as we hear Jeremiah and God, I believe, bemoaning what has fallen the children of Israel, the one that I heard is one that I don't think I used, and my children are sitting out here so they might stand up and say, yes, you did. Um, but that was my father used to, because my father never spanked us or used any kind of physical punishment, he always would sit us down and talk to us, which was more painful than any physical punishment, <laughs> right? And he would always say, you know, as he gave us what the punishment was going to be, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. You're not the one who's not going to see your friends for three weeks because you're grounded. This cannot be hurting you more than it is hurting me. But in this reading, I hear God and Jeremiah saying this. This hurts me that I have had to discipline you, my children. That all of the ways that I introduced you to my love seem to have just gone by the wayside for you, that you have chosen to create false gods, to worship images of gods of foreigners, when you know that I am your God and have been your God, that now you are wondering where I am as you are attacked by an enemy and conquered as the children of Israel are about to be carted off to Babylon, that they are standing in amazement. Where is God in our time of need? And Jeremiah and God are saying here, where I have always been, where I have been calling you back to your relationship with me, calling you back to our covenant that I taught you as you wandered the wilderness. I taught you that I, I am your God. I taught you as I led you into the promised land that I am the God who is giving you this land. 
I am the God in covenant with you. I am the one you are meant to worship. I am the God who has called you into a covenantal relationship with me and with one another. And you are the ones who have forgotten that relationship. You are the ones building false images, bowing down to foreign gods. You are the ones who are cheating the widows and orphans amongst you. You are the ones cheating the poor. You are the ones who come into my sanctuary after you have done ill and expect that just because you sacrifice, I will be there for you. But no, I cannot be there for you over and over when you forget me. I need you to remember what I called you into. I need you to remember what I brought you out of. I need you to remember that you are my people and that your covenant with me is about worshiping only me and your covenant with me is about caring for one another. It cannot be that you are my people while you steal from the orphans. It cannot be that you are my people when you cheat the widows. It cannot be that you are my people when you treat the alien, the immigrant in your land as though they were disposable. And just as an aside, as I was preparing for this sermon, it was I was also following the story of the immigrants being flown to Martha's vineyard. And I imagined God's tears as God said, how can you treat my children as pawns in your political game? So I could hear our God crying over us today as God cried over the children of Israel. And as God cried, so Jesus tells the story of this crooked manager. And as we're reading, it sounds as though Jesus is saying, here is an example. This is what you should be doing. And I'm like, mm, is it? Really? Jesus, you're like saying that we should be like a crooked manager and set up our lives for ourselves based on our ill-gotten gains, prepare our way. And I think that that is probably not what Jesus was trying to say. But I do think that Jesus was trying to lift up this manager in two ways. In the first, in that at least he is honest with himself. That he's like, 
you know what, I am not strong enough to be out there digging and I would be too ashamed for people to see me begging. So I need to find some other way of making my income when this man kicks me out. That, that honesty, at least about knowing our weaknesses, knowing for ourselves which are the false gods that we have created that pull us away from God, knowing for ourselves where are the places that we are cheating the widows and orphans, where are the places that we are not living into our covenantal relationship with God, that even if we're not honest with everybody else out there, at least to be honest with ourselves. Because in our honesty to ourselves, we are being honest with our God and letting God know that we know that we need God in order to be who God has called us into. And the second is to prepare for ourselves. Not to prepare for ourselves by cheating our boss and the poor people whose accounts we are in charge of, but preparing for ourselves by how we live in our community, by being those who show care, by being those who live like the magnolia tree that our young people identified as their sacred space a place of shelter, a place of love, a place that gives them an opportunity to walk, to climb, to run, to know that they are surrounded by love, that to prepare ourselves for our eternal place is about living our lives today as God's children, taking the gifts that God has given each of us and making those gifts enrich our larger community by being that one who cooks, if that is your gift, to feed the homeless, to being that one who visits the sick and the shut-ins if you have that gift of compassion and awareness, to being that one who writes letters on behalf of the imprisoned, who visits the prisoner, who clothes the naked, that God says that is how you prepare for your eternal reward. It is by how you live each and every day. It is by how you show my love in the world. And so our God is a God who weeps when we turn our back on God and on each other, but celebrates and gives thanks for the times we share our gifts, we share our love, and we worship the one true God. 
Amen.